There are groups out there whose job it is to collect data from your smartphone, including your location and selling it on, or without you even knowing about it. But this multi-billion dollar industry isn't operated by cyber criminals. It's the business of data broking. Organizations collect this data from our smartphones and sell it to companies and even governments for marketing, advertising and more. But what are data brokers? How do they work? And is this business a threat to our privacy? I'm Danny Palmer. This is ZDNet Security Update. And with me to discuss data broking and what it means for our privacy is Jordan Wright, Senior Security Architect for Geo Security at Cisco. Thanks for joining me, Jordan. First of all, so what is a data broker and how does this industry work? Sure, hey everybody, thanks for having me. So that's a great question. Data brokers are exactly that. They buy and they sell all forms of data. There's a number of different types of data that we're most interested in, uh, but the one that we wanted to look into uh, was specifically location data brokers. Uh, these companies, they buy and sell uh, all forms of location data. These can include you know, raw GPS coordinates. These could include the make and model of your device, uh, Wi-Fi networks and Bluetooth uh, advertisements in your area, and you name it, all geared uh, towards trying to pinpoint uh, unique people at unique locations uh, throughout the day. It sounds quite intimidating, really, having you know, this information, you know, being able to be collected. So I suppose uh, the next the next question is, uh, who is buying this and, and collecting it? How do they collect it? And uh, what are they using it for? Sure. So this this is kind of a multi-tiered uh, economy, if if you will. So you have the data brokers themselves, and their goal is to aggregate collections of high quality location data. And they do this through a number of ways. The first and more, uh, kind of the first iteration of this type of data collection was done through advertising. Um, they would hook into advertiser networks uh, and collect the data uh, whenever an advertising network would say, uh, I'm looking for anyone who wants to post an ad for somebody at this location. Uh, they decided that a better approach would be looking to what they call first-party data. Uh, so this is where they actively pay developers to embed a bit of code in their mobile applications uh, that collect and send this data upstream to the data broker. Uh, so the, the value to the developer could be any number of things. You know, on one hand, the developer may be able to offer targeted advertisements in their, ad, in their app, or they may be paid just outright for, for selling the location data itself. Uh, so after the data broker collects this huge corpus of data, you know, we're talking hundreds of millions of people every single day, uh, then they want to sell it. They want to offer uh, either services wrapped around the data or the raw data itself. Uh, so services could be anything from um, giving feeds about how many people go to a particular restaurant quarter over quarter so that you can get an idea about how successful the restaurant's being. You could have an idea of how many people are visiting your own locations if you're a business. Uh, you can try to optimize based on that foot traffic. You may have people uh, trying to um, build segments or profiles of people that are doing particular things, you know, that live in a certain area, that go to different locations. Um, all of these are services that they can offer 
uh, for sale uh, to other partners for any number of reasons. These could be, um, you know, uh, people working in finance who want to try to determine the performance of companies, but we've also seen this data uh, be used by governments um, to, in some cases, try to track uh, illegal immigration uh, as um, people cross uh, country borders. So when it comes to collecting this data, you mentioned how that uh, it can be collected from uh, mobile applications. Is it the case that no when people download various popular applications, I won't name names, but this sort of uh, tracking is going to be in there without uh, people really knowing because you know, when, when we all download apps for our phones, there's, a, there's the consents for what you can do on the phone, obviously, which are given. And then there's going to be a you know, privacy statement, which are usually you know, dozens of pages long and, and nobody reads. So nobody's really going to know this this is going on unless they are going through the details uh, uh, you know, in really fine detail that's right and that's you know truth be told that's that's part of my, my my biggest concern with this entire industry is that there's a significant information asymmetry between what the average consumer knows uh, ab about what they think is being collected and what's actually being collected you know the analogy that i give is you wouldn't want to walk into a store where there are no prices on anything until you get up to the register and you try to check out. But this is how, we, uh, how we're operating in this model where I may be told, you know, I'm downloading an application, it needs to access my location in order to function, and that's kind of about it. Uh, so at that point, I don't really know the true cost of what I'm giving up in order to use this application. Uh, where in reality, uh, the true cost may be information about where I am at all times as I'm traveling day, going to some places that may be, uh, you know, restaurants out with my family while I'm at home uh, doing work. Uh, this information to me is sensitive and it's not clear uh, when that information is being collected, how much of it is being collected and where it goes to. As you mentioned, uh, this can potentially track your exact location, you know, your home, your workplace, anywhere else you can get anywhere else you go and you, you mentioned how it could even be used to track certain groups of uh, individuals which has got to be a big privacy concern here that's right you know even there, there are significant privacy concerns anywhere down from the individual level all the way up to uh, trying to build profiles of groups uh, as uh, as they aggregate and, and move around for example uh, not too long ago there was a report uh, that try to profile the different people that were attending Black Lives Matter protests. Now, I feel that people should be able to go and protest uh, safely uh, in, in a way that they feel like their uh, identity isn't constantly trying to be discovered. And while we could say that only high-level demographic data was released, on the other hand, that data was sourced from somewhere. This data includes, uh, you know, where you go whenever you leave the protest. It goes back to your house. It goes back to you as you go to work. It may go to you as you're traveling to sensitive places that you don't really want people to know about. And the thing is, you, you know, as an average consumer, you may not know that this is being collected, and it can be incredibly difficult to find out what has been collected uh, about you and to stop that from happening in the future. And in the past, you've even looked into what you could find out about what's been collected about yourself. What you uh 
what did you find though in as much in as much detail as you're, as you're comfortable uh, disclosing it was pretty significant and that was the big experiment that we wanted to try you know it was no secret to us that this type of data is being collected on huge numbers of people every single day and part of it is not knowing uh, what's being collected and you know at the point of collection right that's that's one part of the problem but the other is how much leverage or how much visibility does the average person have into understanding what has been collected about them in the past? So to that end, uh, I ran a little experiment where there's two pretty well-known privacy regulations. There's a GDPR uh, and then there's a CCPA. The CCPA applies to residents in California. Uh, and as a resident in Texas, I was not covered under the CCPA. Um, but my hope was to um, send out a series of CCPA requests, you know, disclosing that I live in Texas uh, and seeing if companies that claim to be dedicated to transparency would be willing to fulfill those requests, even though I wouldn't be covered under that regulation. Because the reality is that most people are not covered under that regulation. And that's really the first problem. You know, we need widespread, consistent regulation uh, that gives everybody a voice, everybody uh, uh, the... Uh, the right to request what data is being made available about them. So we sent that off. I sent out 14 different requests to a number of uh, location data brokers. And out of that, uh, out of that corpus, uh, I expected most of them to get back to me and say, you live in Texas, the CCPA is covered under California, we're not gonna fulfill the request. I expected that to be the majority of responses. But it turns out only three companies sent that response to me. Um, the majority of companies actually told me uh, that they, under the CCPA, they are required to um, verify the identity of the person making the request uh, before they give any personal information. And I got two types of responses back that kind of fall under the same umbrella. The first is that they would say, that they only associate all of your location data with a unique adver advertising ID associated with your phone. So both platforms, uh, iOS and Android, each have their own unique identifier for your device. And this is kind of the key that all data brokers use to map out their collection of data. Uh, so what was claimed was, since they just map it to this uh, unique key, they don't have a good way to verify my identity and so they couldn't give me information uh, about me. And this to me, quite frankly, it feels like a loophole because at the end of the day, these are points of my location that are mapping back to my house that are following me throughout the day whenever I'm traveling with my family. This is my data and it's sensitive. And so to be told that there's just nothing that I can do to figure out what data was collected about me is really disappointing. Um, but that was the overwhelming majority of the responses that I got back. The, uh, the next type of response that I got back would be that uh, they may not have had information about my mobile device. That's understandable. Um, the, uh, one, it turns out that only one company uh, gave me back my data uh, whenever I requested it. And what I got back was pretty eye-opening. It was... 1200 plus records, uh, you know, GPS coordinates, timestamped, uh, my phone's make model um, over the course of a year. And 
you know, the number of data points collected per day, it varied. You know, some days had only a, a few, whereas some days had tens, if not more. Um, and it was pretty eye-opening because I could see myself as I was traveling downtown with my family, as I was going to Michigan or California for work, as I was visiting extended family in other parts of Texas, going on vacation across the states. Um, you name it, the data was there. And so that was pretty, pretty eye-opening because I would have never known that this type of information was being collected uh, and sold. So as a fun fact, uh, two companies uh, actually took the email address that I used to make these requests and subscribed them to their marketing emails, which I got to be honest, isn't a great look and I would not recommend it, um, but that was... Uh, that was unexpected uh, as part of this process. But in total, it was clear that we're not where we need to be. You know, not only in terms of the responses that I got back, but even trying to make the responses was difficult. Every company had their own unique way of uh, allowing you to make your request. You know, some required an email, some had a web portal, some had an app that they wanted you to download. Um, and, not only that, but they're asking for your mobile advertiser ID. The thing is, on iOS, at least as of the latest version that I have right now, there's no native way to actually see what that is. You can reset it, you can turn off targeted advertising, but I can't view what my current mobile advertiser ID is without installing some third-party app that will tell it to me. Um, this introduces all the risks of installing arbitrary third-party applications just so that I can make a request to try to figure out what data is being collected. So we're not where we need to be when it comes to addressing this issue and giving consumers a voice. I'm still trying to get over the fact that some of the companies that you made these requests for then subscribed you up to marketing emails. That's kind of insane. It was unexpected for sure. And I... I wouldn't recommend that for companies receiving these requests in the future. It's, it doesn't instill a lot of confidence, right? This is supposed to be a, a, a mechanism for consumers to exercise their rights and to establish a transparent relationship with the people trying to figure out what data you have. So that's, that should be the scope uh, for, for those type of requests. So how could uh, privacy uh, legislation uh, help with this? You mentioned the Californian Act, obviously here in Europe we have GDPR as well. Uh, are these things helping to uh, sort of legislate this practice or are there still you know, loopholes being found uh, enabling all to continue? That's a great question and there's kind of two answers to that. You know, in terms of loopholes, uh, I mentioned earlier the responses that I got back from most companies, you know, which were saying that since I don't have a way to verify who you are, um, we're just not going to be able to comply with regulation, which does feel like a loophole. It feels like if location data is following me throughout my day, there should be some mechanism for me to um, make that request. And look, I get it. You know, the, the, the meaning of that was to try and prevent abuse, which I can totally appreciate. You know, we want to, we want to, um, we want to try to mitigate abuse scenarios where someone is asking for my data and they're not me. And I, I can empathize with that, but that shouldn't be where we just draw the line and stop. We should say, let's find ways to address that 
and find ways to allow device holders to request their own data while uh, trying to mitigate those abuse scenarios as best as we possibly can. Um, so the other part of the question was um, kind of just how are these legislation stacking up? Where do we see them going, right? And I made the comment earlier that I feel like we need consistent widespread regulation. And I would argue that's good for both consumers and companies, you know, that are trying to collect data and, and fulfill these requests. Because you can imagine as a consumer, it can be difficult for me to know what rights I have, uh, how to exercise those rights, especially when the avenue for doing so is different for every single company. But on the flip side, for these companies trying to uh, you know, implement these legislations and comply by the regulations, um, if there's any number of different corner cases that each regulation has, that can be overwhelming for a company to try to figure out how do I comply with all these different disparate regulations versus saying, I have a baseline. I know the widespread regulation and the rights that everyone has, and I can build processes on top of that, which will be cheaper, will be more repeatable, uh, will be hopefully a little bit easier to comply with versus having any number of, of disparate regulations that all do different things. And not to be sort of a doom monger here, but you know, all of this is data being collected. That data's going to be stored somewhere. Is there a risk that you know, cyber criminals and hackers could get hold of this information, which as, we, as we've discussed is very, very sensitive in, in some cases? There is that risk, you know, and I try not to, uh, you know, spread unwarranted, uh, you know, fear, you know, that's, that's not the type of approach that I want to take, but this data is incredibly sensitive and it needs to be treated with care. And there is always going to be that risk that with all of this data being aggregated in such a centralized point, if that central point of failure occurs, then the fallout would be pretty significant. And we have seen uh, different instances where subsets of this data um, have leaked in any number of ways. Um, so I think that um, just like any company holding data, I, I encourage all companies to do the very best they can to treat this seriously, uh, to protect it and do everything they can uh, to make sure that they're protecting the people who this data represents. But um, that's always gonna be a risk whenever this data is aggregated and collected in a centralized way. So what can people do if they're worried about their information being potentially collected in this way? Is there anything they can do uh, on their, their smartphones or other devices to stop uh, themselves being tracked like this? There is. Uh, so each platform has the ability to do what they call turning off targeted advertising. And really what this does is it either makes that unique advertising ID, that unique ID for your device, inaccessible to where apps can't request it uh, because it's, it's gated behind some uh, you know, function call where they say, can I use this? And then the device says, no, you can't. Or it just zeroes it out. It says, we're gonna completely you know, mark it over with zeros and it becomes useless uh, for advertisers. Now, disclaimer, you will still receive advertising doesn't mean that you're going to block all ads. It just means that they're not going to be associated with your unique device. And that can prevent the uh, uh, collection of your device as you move about throughout the day. 
Um, the other thing you can do is if you don't want to turn off targeted advertising completely, you can periodically just reset your mobile advertising ID. Um, but at that point, it's probably just easier to, to turn it off altogether. And the other side of it is what platforms are doing uh, to increasingly offer privacy protections to consumers. And we're seeing some really exciting things happen in this space. You know, just recently at uh, the last WWDC, Apple announced that they're making some pretty significant strides in terms of really at the end of the day, giving users informed choices. You know, uh, we want to let people who are using our devices understand that cost, understand what data is being collected, how it's being used, and to really decide, am I comfortable giving up this data? If I'm trying to use um, a mobile application that uh, gives me access to maps, maybe I'm comfortable sharing my location, but if it also says that it's going to be selling it with any number of, of third parties, maybe I just rethink that. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, but that's the important part is that all this is doing is giving people the information they need to make the choice that matters most to them. And so I, I'm in full support of those changes that Apple is, is moving forward with. And I agree with their stance that at the end of the day, privacy is a fundamental human right. And we need to always be thinking about how we can better increase the privacy of people rather than um, trying to increase this information asymmetry in order to get more information about people without them knowing. Eye-opening stuff. Uh, thanks for joining me, Jordan. It's very much appreciated. And for more on uh, security issues uh, like this, uh, be sure to uh, like and subscribe to uh, ZDNet Security Update. Uh, thank you for watching.